Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. We sing hallelujah. The Lamb has overcome. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. I have a couple of things on my heart this morning. One is I want to give a shout out, a Jesus shout out to my grandson in Texas. He's expecting me to do this. So uh, he, he's the one that uh, uh, showed me the Saddleback cartoons or the Saddleback stories of, of Jesus. And so that's where we learned here the Jesus greeting. So to uh, two things to my grandson Bennett in Texas. I want to tell you that we also met another young man this morning named Bennett. So there's, a, there's that. So to all the Bennetts this morning, we give the Jesus shout out. hey <laughs> And also to my grandson Donovan, although he's too young to know that at this point. But I'm pretty proud of that, having grandsons. And I have two grandsons with me today. So... Well, bless the Lord. Um, we believe as a part of our worship, uh, we give of our tithes and our offerings. We honor the Lord with uh, the first fruits. And so I'd like to do that at this point in time. I'll just start these out and just pass them around. If, uh, if this is your church, I see some visitors here. If this is your church and this is where you want your tithes and offerings, go ahead. If it's uh, you're visiting, you know, your tithe goes into your church that you're from, your home, your home church where you get fed. If you're here today and you're completely broke and you see money in there, I guess you could take some out. It's going past. I heard a story just recently where a young man uh, first coming to Christ didn't realize that he, he, he shouldn't do that. He got a free donut. Every, every time he went to church and then he saw this basket come by and he got free money every week. So, um, We are going to have Sunday school this morning. Miss Tristan has prepared a special uh, event for our, our kids. So we'd like to dismiss all the kids that want to attend Sunday school this morning to do so. If you're here for the first time and you're not sure about it and you want to uh, take your child over there and see how they do, you're welcome to do that. Um, I believe there's going to be a sign-up sheet for... What is it? Okay. Volunteering. Our sister Lacey has a sign-up sheet for those that would like to volunteer and also for uh, next Sunday... Next Sunday, we're going to have a baptism Sunday. We've got a number of folks, hallelujah, number of folks that want to be baptized. And uh, to celebrate that, we're going to have a um, potluck following. So uh, uh, when we were pastoring in Colorado, they just um, changed the law on, uh, on marijuana down there. So they quit using potluck and called it pot blessing. But uh, 
We'll have food following. How's that? Amen. <clears throat> I'd like to invite everybody to that. That's going to be a great celebration. <clears throat> Is there anything I missed? For those being baptized also, uh, Wednesday night, this coming Wednesday night, we're going to have a, uh, a sit down and talk about what baptism's all about, what it means. Um, those that have questions about it, maybe you've not been baptized. Uh, when I got, uh, came to Christ, I was told that the way I had been baptized as, as a young man wasn't adequate, that I needed to be baptized again. That's sometimes a question in people's minds. Was I baptized properly? It's a matter of identifying yourself and how did you identify with baptism? Baptism is I am identifying that I am buried with Christ and risen again a new creation in him. If that is your conviction, um, perhaps you don't need to be baptized again. But if you would like to be, there's nothing to keep you from that. One of my favorite scriptures is the Ethiopian um, that uh, was reading the scriptures. And uh, his eyes were opened up. This is a man of authority. He was directly under the queen's authority. He was wealthy. He, he had nothing to gain. He had everything he needed, and he had authority. And he spoke with authority. I mean, I love this particular scripture. He spoke with authority when he said, well, there's water. What's preventing me from being baptized? So we will have water. There's nothing preventing you from being baptized. Looking forward to next Sunday is going to be just... Just a blast. This morning, the, the topic of my message is the empty tomb. And uh, <clears throat> I like that, that sound, empty tomb. Um, I looked it up. I looked up the definition of uh, empty tomb and this is the definition a monument built to honor people whose remains are either interred elsewhere or whose remains cannot be found yeah. cannot be recovered you see Jesus remains are not there they're not in the tomb because he rose from the dead, and he was given a glorified body. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew 27. In verse 46, this is kind of unfair now that we have these scriptures up here. You get to see them long while I'm still kind of going from page to page. 
So uh, we'll, we'll train our, our people, uh, media people, to not put this up until... Uh, so the pastor doesn't look like he's so behind the times. Matthew 27, verse 46. And about three o'clock, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lima sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There's been a lot of question over the centuries as to um, him not completing all of Psalm 22. You see, Psalm 22 starts with, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Psalm 22 is a, a psalm written by David, who was one of the greatest prophets of all time. <clears throat> And I'm going to do something a little different than what I normally do. I'm going to read the entire chapter of Psalm 22 this morning. And then we're going to take a, a little look at it. Psalm 22, a psalm of David. David could have been writing some of this about his own experiences, but I believe he was writing a prophetic, yeah. a prophetic word, a prophetic song um, about Christ himself and what was to co um, come to, to pass. Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you, our ancestors trusted. They trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not human, scorned by others and despised by the people. All who see me mock at me. They make mouths at me. They shake their heads. Commit your cause to the Lord. Let him deliver. Let him rescue the one in whom he delights. Yet it was you who took me from the womb. You kept me safe on my mother's breast. On you I was cast from my birth, and since my mother bore me, you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Many bulls encircle me, strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open their mouths at me like ravening and roaring a roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My mouth 
is dried up like a potsherd. My tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. For dogs are all around me. A company of evildoers encircles me. My hands and feet have shriveled. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among themselves. And for my clothing, they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far away. O my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion, from the horns of the wild oxen. You have rescued me. I will tell of your name to my brothers and sisters. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him. Stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. For he did not despise or abhor the affliction of the afflicted. He did not hide his face from me, but heard when I cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will pay before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nation shall worship before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. To him, indeed, all who sleep in the earth bow down. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust. And I shall live for him. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord and proclaim his deliverance to a people yet unborn, saying that he has done it. Yeah. Other translations there say, saying, it is finished. Now we see in Jesus, when he was on the cross and he cried out, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As I said, there has been much discussion amongst scholars over the years. Why didn't he finish the entire thing, that entire chapter? A lot of the discussion is because it was a practice of the times that he was in that you could simply start a psalm and everybody knew it and everybody remembered it. And we see that at the end of this psalm, there's two more words spoken by Jesus. He says, it is finished, and then he breathed his last breath. I think what Christ was doing there was not simply depending on the people to remember that. I believe he was saying, this is about me. This is being fulfilled at this moment. At this time, I'm beginning this. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And now I'm living it. I'm experiencing it. You know, the scripture says there's no temptation taken to man that Christ himself has not already experienced. Yeah. It says, although he was without sin. I think that anguish in his heart right there where he said, 
where are you? You've forsaken me. You've abandoned me. It's because God gave one last temptation, and that was not a temptation that Christ yielded to, but one that was given to him to perform, to fulfill, to do, and that is to bear all the sin of mankind on him. It says he bore all our sins. And he carried them. And into death he went with them. As you read through Psalm 22, which I would encourage you to do, you can hear the agony of the forsaken one. You can hear him saying, they're surrounded me. The bulls have surrounded me. Um, That could be representation, I think, of the religious leaders of the day. How they surrounded him and just uh, defied him and reviled him and, and spoke and mocked. Speaks of the agony he was in. Um, Christ bore a lot of pain. The stripes he bore, the, the, the level of pain... I don't think it was simply physical pain that he was speaking of here. But for the first time, he'd experienced a separation from God. For the first time, he experienced what it was like to have his father no longer be able to look upon him. And he bore that. See, there was a time in all of our lives where we were separated from God. Have you ever asked yourself, how did I get from here to all of a sudden being among the saints? I mean, I know what I was like here. I've shared with you before, I was a good sinner. I sinned, and I thought what I was doing was pretty good. I liked it. And one day, I don't know how it happened, I moved from this place here into being in the congregation of the saints. And I ask myself often, how did I get here? This is much better. This is so much better. I think in the midst of this, Jesus also was experiencing the the anguish, but all of the hatred towards God. All of the hatred. Have you met any angry people lately? I read a book years ago. I read a book years ago about, uh, it was for pastors to encourage them. I don't know how encouraging it was when I actually read it. I was like, wow, they actually experienced all these things. But this one young pastor said, I came out of seminary, came out of Bible school, and I knew the difference between supra and infralapsinarianism. How many of you know the difference between those two things? Yeah. He said, I knew the difference between supra and uh, what did I call it? 
infralapsinarianism. What I didn't know, what I hadn't been trained for, what I hadn't been given was there are a lot of angry people out there. And we, the body of Christ, are given that task that Christ had. He's passed it on to us to love them and to show them the love of God. What was that? Unequivocably. Unequivocably. Good, good word. I'll, I'll add that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, 21. I like that. I'm ahead of the game on this one. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You see, when I said I moved from over here being a sinner to over here being in the midst of the saints, it wasn't because I moved. It was because my identity changed. Something transformed me. Something changed me. It was beyond my ability. You see, I couldn't, get be, I couldn't be good enough. I couldn't fulfill enough expectations that people had for me or I had of myself. It had to be done supernaturally through the power of God. Through God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are righteous today. Maybe you didn't plan on it. Maybe you didn't act it. Maybe you had some real issues this past week. I did. I got hit with an unexpected level of warfare this week that I was not prepared for. And I really thought, I've been doing this a long time. I got this. But I got hit with a level of warfare that I was unprepared for. And I did not respond as a righteous man would respond. But it did not change my identity. I got back to that point of my identity that says, I've been made the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. And then I could act according to that. Psalm 22 that we just read, I believe is a beautiful example of the resurrected life. Here's tremendous rejection, abandonment, forsaken, destitute, alone, something everyone in their life has probably felt and experienced. Rejected, failed, felt forsaken. Where's God? I remember saying that at points in times in my life before becoming a Christian, where are you, God? Help me in this situation. 
It moves from Christ's experience there of feeling so abandoned and being abandoned to beginning to recall an identity, to begin to recall the praises of God. And God, you are with your people, and your people have trusted in you. And I will exalt you in the sanctuary. I will exalt you in all the earth. He began to move into that place of testimony of praise. And then it goes on to say, I think one of the more powerful statements, it says, and for your future generations and your children. We've been singing that song for your children and their children and their children and their children. So it speaks of the resurrected life of Christ. It speaks of the resurrected life that we have in Christ. When you become born again, when you become a believer on the Lord Jesus Christ, you've become a new creation. It says completely made new. Old things have passed away. All things become new. How many of you knowing that scripture, found yourself to do some old things. Did it change? No. No, you, you relapsed a little bit. You're made of flesh. Flesh does not respond to the spirit as it should. You had reaction. It does not change being born again, being a new creation and given a new idea, identity and saying all things have been made new. All the old things have passed away. Yeah. I loved that when I first received Jesus Christ. I knew I was made a new creation. I knew something transformed within me. I felt the heavy weight that I didn't even realize I was bearing. I didn't know the effects it had on my life, but that it was there. I felt that taken off of me, and I was given a new identity. And then the next day after that, I found myself going, wait a minute, I seem to be just the same. But I began to say, no, I'm a new, I spoke it. I spoke it to myself. I spoke it out loud. I spoke it often. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We face a real problem in this nation where men are being destroyed of their manhood, of being, being men. It's time for you to say to yourself, no, wait a minute. I am a man of God. Amen. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I have a calling. I have a ministry. I've been given gifts by God. We're going to get into that next. So you become born again. Romans chapter 6, verse 4. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism and death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness 
of life. So as we go down in baptism and come up, we're doing an outward expression, an outward statement, an outward testimony of what has happened to us inwardly. What's Colossians 2.12 say? I don't have a note on that. Having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. You see, we were dead indeed in sin and we were given resurrected life. And in the book of Ephesians, it said that when Christ, after spending three days in hell, he rose again in victory, in triumph. Once again, though, being the Christ that he is, being Jesus who he is, he didn't just rise and go, see y'all later. He says, I got something for you. And he gave gifts unto men and women. He gave gifts unto us. That is all-encompassing there for those that are sensitive to that. He filled us. He gave us the Holy Spirit. He says, if I go away, the, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit will come and dwell in you. Yeah. And uh, it says he gave gifts unto us, severally, as it pleases him. So we've been born again. We've been given a new life and we've been empowered by the Holy Spirit and we've been given the tools to operate in that, to change the destiny of our own lives and change the destiny of those that God brings us in contact with and change the destiny of nations. And we look at ourselves as, I don't know. I don't feel so changed today. You've been given something that can change not only your destiny, but the destiny of others and the destiny of nations. I'm going to end with this. First Peter chapter two, verse nine. I love the resurrected life. I, I, I make a lot of blunders. I'm Scottish. I don't do things the easy way. I, uh, I believe in a statement I heard one time, we all pay for our education. Some pay up front and go to school. Others of us pay as we go along. But Christ made a way for me. He made a way for me in the midst of this flawed vessel. In the midst of this, this, this vessel that's full of cracks and dents been used up 
and often felt like it should just be discarded. He says, I'm going to house something inside this vessel, a treasure, something full of power, full of glory, and something that will affect many. I'll end with this. Chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Everybody that identifies themselves with that scripture, take a stand. Stand up. Say, I'm of a holy race. You know, it's not just the aliens in Roswell, New Mexico, that's aliens in a race, but it's, it's we are a holy race. We have been set apart. We have been given this part of Christ Jesus who says it's going to go on and give praises of me to, in your generation, to your children, your children's children, and their children. The resurrected life, there's nothing like it. It has a fresh start every minute. No matter where you're at, no matter what you do, no matter how, how you might trip and fall, you just stop, you stand back up, and you put on Christ Jesus and say, wait a minute. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I have been given resurrected life. I've been given power to walk in that way. Let's close out this Sunday with a, a song of praise in our hearts, a song of worship, a heart of worship towards our God. I'll let the worship team uh, just lead us in a song and then close us out, send us home. God bless you. I hope you have a glorious day today with family, friends, whoever you might be with. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.